Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. I, and I am here with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Joe, and we are looking out the window this morning. We hope all are well. We hope all are preparing for the holiday season and looking back on all the blessings you've received in 2021. And as I was driving over here, Dr. Joe, I thought about something that you may not remember, but um, I guess about maybe five or seven years ago, I saw you walking through Franklin and I was teaching for another uh, department at the time. And you saw me and I saw you and we greeted each other. And the next thing you said to me was, would you like to teach for me? And I said, yes, I would. And that was my interview process. I literally got hired in the hallway of Franklin University because of the rapport and the graciousness and the spirit of Dr. Joe. And I consider her one of my blessings this holiday season because now we have another point of common interest and that's this show and sharing information with the audience so happy holidays dr joe well that was a surprise thank you i I wasn't expecting that at all but yes lots of great memories of our relationship together and this is a good time of year to pause and think about what you are blessed with Mm -hmm. tis the season to be fill in the blank wow It isn't always jolly, unfortunately. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. There's never a time of year when you can't stop and think of at least one blessing and probably many more than that that you have. But that's not to overlook the fact that this is a time of year in particular that's hard on folks, including Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we've learned the past year that we'll talk more about today sometimes it's okay not to be okay and acknowledge you're not okay as long as you have the support of people like you Mm -hmm. and the role you've played in my life and also people like our guests for today to talk to us about those holiday blues and the gentleman that's on hold right now caught my eye probably i don't know six months a year ago on social media because of his message to his followers. He was totally transparent and was giving such wise counsel that I reached out to him. And he is going to talk to us this morning about getting through the holiday season when you are facing some personal challenges in your own life. And so I would like to introduce to the window audience, Sherman Urquhart. Are you there, Sherman? Hi, how you doing? Can you hear me? I can, I can. How are you this morning or afternoon? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's a storm here in Columbus, but thank God we're not oh, no. in those tornado areas. Are you in the tornado area? Amen. No, no, I'm in Virginia, so it's going to miss us, I believe, but I'm glad you're safe. 
Oh, yes, yes. It was scary on the freeway, but we got here. But but I would like to um, just briefly try to cover your journey because it's unusual, it's a testimony, and it will be inspirational to our listeners. Okay. Uh, I'd be happy to. First of all, thank you for having me, and um, I always appreciate opportunities to um, provide service is what I like to do in this period of my life because for the longest time, I wasn't able to do that, and I was serving um, the wrong masters, so to speak, when my younger years and um, fell into the traps of addiction and um, being on the wrong side of the law and uh, underachieving in school and getting kicked out and all sorts of things. So I eventually had to um, move past these things with, with God's help. It was a specific time and place that that happened. Then after that, I was able to um, shake off the feelings of depression, shake off the feelings of suicide, and understand that my life indeed had a purpose, and I deserve to have some sort of happiness no matter what I've gone through. Uh, and I think when people realize that, that there is a certain amount of happiness that we all deserve, we're entitled to, um, we can tap into that, and it, it helps a lot for us on our day-to-day journeys. Well, what was your epiphany point? When did you decide, like, I don't like the life that I'm leading and I want to change it? What triggered that change of mind? There was a period after high school, and I later went on to write about this, um, uh, when I went off to college and there was the the contribution that I thought I was going to give to the world would be, um, you know, if, if I wasn't living up to that. I wasn't living up to just getting through day-to-day tasks and assignments and things. I, I had I, I turned my attention to other things, and by the time it was, um, you know, of some urgency that I needed to turn my attention and focus, I didn't know how anymore. So the only thing I knew how to do was fail and make mistakes and make bad decisions up until the point where it cost me my freedom a few times. And the moment where it all changed was the last time I was um, um, incarcerated. This was July 24th, 2001 at 9.20 in the a.m., where God showed me at that point, at that moment, that, you know, I do have a plan for you. I need you to stop this, what you're doing right now, Um, self-sabotaging mostly. But I need you to stop doing what you're doing right now. I need you to move forward, and I'll help you. I'll show you, but you have to kind of watch and 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 look out and do the right thing and live up to the potential that I gave you. So that was the moment that it happened for me, um, on July 24th, 2001, at 9.20 in the a.m. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. And how did you put God's plan for you in action? Uh, I started by being able, to, I started to control what I could control day to day. Uh, and I started to use what he gave me in some form of service, whether it was volunteering, whether it was mentoring to young people. That came easily because I could easily say something like, hi, y'all, just don't do what I did. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. You could always go that route, but it was deeper than that because I felt some sort of life fulfillment finally that I hadn't felt before because I was um, 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 working in my purpose. I was providing service, and it became service to young people, became became service to um, folks in the mental health field, it became service to um, uh, workforce, the folks who are trying to get employment. So some matter of service is what I found was my lifeline to be able to move forward. So do, controlling what I could control day to day 
and um, praying about what or, or how I should serve next and letting God lead me was the way that it um, turned around for me. And you went to school and finished your bachelor's and your master's degree and started your practice, and now you have uh, followers all across the nation, maybe the world, tuning into your podcast and listening to your guidance, which is a testimony by itself. Yes, indeed. It's a, so the more people we can reach, the more people we can potentially help. So I'm looking forward to um, sharing that message. And folks were saying, well, aren't you... You know, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you ashamed? I said, um, no. Um, this is what, this is what God has called me to do. Uh, I live the sort of life that one would live at 46 years old, but I still am um, making sure that I'm providing some sort of service in some sort of way, and that that's how I that's how I get by every day. So, how would you handle depression, despair? How would you advise your followers to handle those feelings in a period that's supposed to be joyful like this one when they maybe are going through some of the same challenges you you were right now? What's the plan? I would tell them to do what I do because during this time of year, um, all of those things we just mentioned notwithstanding there's also a period of the holidays that you know kind of waves of sadness over me um i was married for a few years and two years ago my my wife at 38 years old she passed away of breast cancer leaving me with our five-year-old daughter she's five Beautiful now but at the time she was two yeah she's 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 my angel so you know, the, and, and our wedding anniversary is uh, next week on the 19th. So for the last couple of years, the holidays have been sort of empty for me as well. But in the sense that trying to find ways to make your soul happy, for me it's the children. Um, for other people, it may be spending time with, the, with family, traveling. Um, there are natural remedies for uh, Hello. Okay, I think we've lost our our guest. Um, he really does have a testimony. He's a a hundred percent follower of of the Lord, and he is also an excellent example on social media of being a dad. And um, so we hope that we can get him back on the on the phone so he can finish the story of how he manages depression and despair at the holidays. Um, but um, let's see what we can do here. He has podcasts on on a regular basis with his uh, story on Facebook. And uh, if you happen to be on there, you'll see it's um, uh, S.C. Urquhart. And I believe he's calling back in now. Oh, goody. One thing that strikes me about the holiday, Dr. I, is that Hello. for those of us who believe in... We're going to get right back to you, uh, Sherman, just one second. For those of us who believe in okay. spiritual reasons for holidays, 
if we're Christians, we believe in Christmas. There are other holidays that are celebrated around this time. We've created a whole new paradigm around that that creates a reality that's almost impossible to live up to. We have to have lots of money to buy lots of mm-hmm. gifts. We have to have lots of family members around, whether we like them or not. And some people don't have family members. We have to have parties and, and seem jovial. And so we'll talk a little bit more once we bring our speaker back in and also introduce our second speaker in the second half. But it just appears that it might be helpful to focus on what the real meaning of the holiday is. I feel kind of Charlie Brownish now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherman, can you uh, give us an example of focusing on what's important during the holidays? How are you going to spend the holidays? Uh, being just, just thankful for what you do have. Being thankful for what the family that you do have, the resources that you do have, and, and like the guest said, um, being thankful for um, the fact that you know God is still with you. And there's going to be some ways of sadness that, uh, even before COVID that were people who were disconnected from family and feelings of isolation and uh, the commercialism of the holidays can kind of get to people too and weigh on folks. So uh, what I usually do, what I have done is just be quiet. And I know those waves are coming and they'll, but I can't determine how long they will, but I can be prepared for them by indulging in the other activities that bring me peace during that time. So I can be aware of the waves and stay ahead of them. And um, for people to do the things that make them happy, maybe listen to music, maybe take a drive, walk out in nature, things to keep your soul at peace while you're sitting in the, um, the sadness that's, that's going to come. You can't avoid it, so it's better to try to sit in it, um, understand it, reflect on it, and then know that you can move away from it. And you're a single dad. And Christmas yeah. for a lot of children involves... Uh, interaction with both parents and presents and even if they're separated they go back and forth during the holidays how do you manage that responsibility um the, my daughter has a wonderful auntie who was my wife's best friend and you know we spend a lot of time with her and uh, she helps out a lot and sometimes what, what we have done here lately is we'll spend the holidays the children and i and then um give my daughter the chance to go, you know, spend some time with um, her auntie and uh, have a Christmas over there, too, with her cousins. So she enjoys that, too. So we kind of kind of make it balanced for her so she can have both sides of um, of a holiday family gathering. And what are the no-nos about sadness when you face it during the holidays? What are things that you should not do and, and avoid if possible? Um, you probably want to avoid any sort of self-medication involving alcohol or drugs or anything like that. You might want to avoid that. If you are a person that is um, cannot be alone for long and that will start to weigh on you too, then it's, it, it will be good to spend some time with people, spend some time with friends, spend some time with family. Um, yeah, try to avoid your triggers. Some people being alone is a trigger people uh, maybe a show or something like that. so learn your triggers learn how to avoid them and um, do your best to stay in some sort of peaceful energy now you have um, groups of people that you counsel all at once are you speaking with them right now about the holidays and how to make the experience um, um, beneficial yes um, we just actually this past week we just wrapped up a loving you um, challenge on my Facebook group, Stars um, Shining Through Adversity Recovery System, 
we have a group of a bunch of wonderful people we started last month and we've been doing projects and trainings and we just finished one this week called the loving you challenge where we took the four cornerstones of self uh, mindfulness and wellness your physical your intellectual your emotional and your spiritual needs and broke down how to um, understand what your what your body needs what your mind needs how to keep spiritually connected to um, other people to the earth to the lord and then bring those things together so that you can um, live uh, live through your power to create goals and reach them by tapping into all four um, all four sides of your wellness. So we just finished that this week. Um, so those types of things we'll, we'll continue to do to make sure that uh, folks are ready to go into the next year uh, as the best version of themselves. And yes, it is a good time to to restart, re-engineer your your plans and goals. I was just thinking about that this week. It's 2022 mm-hmm. is right around the corner. And there are definitely some challenges and distractions in the environment right now. I was thanking God this morning that I wasn't I didn't have any of the family members that were um, in the. Let's see. Was some place that there was a tremendous oh the the uh, building that collapsed. I think it was uh, Facebook that collapsed and people were were killed in it. Um, they went to work that morning thinking that everything was okay, and some of them didn't come home. And see, those are the biggest challenges that I see during the holidays are when you lose someone that you love, like um, you. My parents lost my sister on December the 15th, a long time ago, as she was coming home from college for the Christmas holiday in a car accident. And the driver was spared, but she was uh, thrown through the windshield. And I don't remember anything but uh, a blur during that holiday. I remember it. I was five years old. I remember my mom being asleep all the time. And I remember mm-hmm. my father being at work all the time. And and that's sometimes a way of coping with sadness and despair during the holidays. Have you seen that with your, your clients that they kind of avoid dealing with it? Uh, avoidance is one of the primary factors that we see people just don't want to deal with it like i'll just deal with it later i'll just um ball up into my little shell and um you know do whatever i need to do usually unhealthy activities to to get by instead of instead of addressing sometimes people just want to get by and and, and go around cut corners um and you know sometimes that might work but it's it, it seems to be more pressure and strain on you when you do it that way as opposed to you know accepting being vulnerable with yourself, allowing yourself to be in that space and not not judging yourself because of it, not being hard on yourself because you're feeling these things. I've had people who would, clients would tell me, I'm sorry to be dumping this on you again. I'm sorry to be dumping on dumping this on you again. I'm sorry to be bringing this back up again. I'm like, no, you, you, don't, have, you don't have to say you're sorry. That's what you need to do so you can understand it better. What about when you're dealing with family members? that wants you to be a part of the group and you choose not to how do you handle family when you are going through a tough time for the family members who um question the person's presence i think it would be wise to um meet them where they are if they 
have indicated that they would rather be alone or that they would rather, you know, spend time with themselves. And uh, I think we should respect that and let them do that. As long as they're being healthy, we can monitor that that they're okay. Um, For the person who wants to spend time alone, that would be sometimes me too. I think that's okay as well. Let your people know that I'm okay. I just need some time to myself and this will pass and I'll see you all later. And, but for the moment, for some time, I need some time for myself. And I think it's, I think it's, I think we all deserve to have some time for ourselves um, where we don't have to explain why, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's unhealthy, you're showing, you're showing obvious unhealthy signs of uh, something that may be more than that. And it, it's our duty as family members and people who love you to dig a little deeper. But for the most part, I think it's okay for both sides to respect each other's decisions when it comes to that. We have to take a quick break, Sherman, and we will be right back to talk about some some new habits that we can develop in the new year to uh, better control our sadness when everyone else seems to be happy. And we'll be right back in on the window. We are back on the window with Sherman Urquhart, and we're talking about managing disappointment, sadness um, during the holidays. Now, we always talk about New Year's resolutions at this time of year, and uh, sometimes we skip over the ones that have to do with making improvements to our inner self and we think about ways we can make more money or or meet the right uh, person in our lives or um, break a a bad habit with money. What kind of recommendations would you give us in the audience um, about 2022 given that some of us are out of work, some of us have uh, still battling COVID and and all the other illnesses that are out there in the atmosphere. There's there's some people that are really really struggling right now, and they need to know what they can do to better manage their emotions when the rest of their lives are crumbling. It's definitely important to be able to have a foundation of some sort of good self-esteem and confidence in order to be able to even move forward into the new year with some hope that things will go well or things will be okay. So I think starting with a good attitude, and that starts every morning uh, with affirmations. I wrote a book of affirmations a couple of years ago, and it always started within the morning giving thanks for the things that you have and the things that you can control and the people who love you and and God's hand on you. Because if you're on this side of the earth and you're in the land of living then that's definitely something to be thankful about and you can build on that even if you don't have much of anything else going on from there it's just you know vision boarding goal setting um, what it is that you want to accomplish what didn't work this year um, what I do sometimes we're having a vision board um, goal setting strategy um, planning seminar on Monday the 27th and one thing we're going to talk about is using those four cornerstones we talked about before, making sure that you are uh, mentally sound and emotionally prepared and 
you're getting some light exercise in, you're, you're getting your body going, you're, you're, you're getting, you're feeling good, you're getting good energy going, going towards the new year. That will help you have a clear idea of where you want to go. And as we strategize and plot your goal path, then sometimes it's easier to see it. Uh, having good energy brings more clarity. Um, and then you can have that confidence to execute and implement those plans that you come up with so you can reach those goals. But starting off with a positive attitude, knowing exactly what it is didn't work this year, you want to improve, um, and where you see yourself in five years, and then cut that back to year one, and then we can plan for 2022. But the goal in the beginning is to have the self-esteem and confidence to do that um, with some good clarity. Now, I notice in your followers, there seems to be more women than men. Is that normal? Um, I think that the gentlemen that I do, who do sort of what I do, like coaches, life coaches, and um, you know, they, they seem to have the same sort of thing. I think a lot of it is, for your target audience, are people who have gone through trauma, people who have gone through some sort of pain. And typically men who are there, sometimes we're not as open with our feelings or wanting to let people know that we're hurting or we need some help. And, oh, yeah. But, of course, women don't have an issue with that, but a lot of times men do. I was laughing about this in the week in the, this week in the program with the audience. I said, there's a whole lot of women here. Where the fellows at? You know, where the guys at? So bring, invite your friends. Invite your male friends. So we're going to be doing, um, uh, we're going to be um, having events for the men too, so that the men can get involved and feel comfortable being in space with other men where we can share, and um, you know, hopefully that will spark more interest and more men will become more involved in mental health issues, especially men of color. And I think sometimes um, sharing your feelings is tantamount to vulnerability that people might take advantage of me because I'm sad or I have um, a, a weakness or a, a something going on in my life that might make me um, easy to to take advantage of. And I think women have the same feeling, but women seem to embrace each other when we are struggling. And I, I was just wondering if that's something that you've seen as lacking with your male followers and is it because of just history and and how uh, the nurturing process of, for, for men, but what is it about that that makes telling someone that you're sad make you feel like you can be taken advantage of? Um, it's a number of things, and primarily, you mentioned history, primarily through youth, because a lot of men, a lot of people don't realize, a lot of men have gone through, excuse me, childhood trauma too, as far as like, molestation and uh, things like that. So they would be even less prone and less likely to feel comfortable sharing things because as where women will usually get help about those things or they will come out, you know, they'll, they'll, women will, will say those things. They'll come out in some sort of way during therapy or with friends and, you know, men typically will hold on to stuff like that. Or as we're getting older, you know, grown men will tell us, so you don't, don't be crying. Don't cry. You better not cry because it's, you know, it's a sign of weakness. Don't let me see you crying. And like we were taught, kind of, you know, hammered in, hardwired, that crying was a bad thing. We shouldn't be crying. So it, it's, it's those things, too. And then 
as we're as we're men, then we have to kind of you know dissect those things that probably could have been taken care of a long time ago if men were more open to receiving help and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But like Frederick Frederick Douglass, I believe, said, it's much easier to create strong children than it is to repair broken men. Um, so we're trying to get more men involved and we really need to <laughs> really need to. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Mm-hmm. Well, we have reached the, the halfway point in the show and I know that you've got many things on your agenda and schedule for the holidays. Um, any final comments, any recommendations for uh, a new year's resolution for people that want to get off on the right foot for 2022? Yes, I would say start developing those good habits early. If you want to start going to bed at a certain time, start doing that now. If you want to get up at a certain time, if you want to work out in the morning, if you want to try to get new, the new habits that you want to try to uh, implement in uh, 2022, I would suggest doing them now so that you can get your, your body and your mind used to those things. So uh, set your clear goals. Make sure you're operating from a position of power and a position of control and a position of confidence and self-esteem because you you're okay with where you are you're happy with who you are at the moment but you know you might need some work that's fine use that energy as you're uh, crafting those goals and start implementing and executing those habits now so by the time the calendar turns those feelings that usually sometimes those those sad feelings of the holidays sometimes usually immediately end january 1 as the calendar turns so use that good energy to have those those um those those good habits as a lifestyle by them and how can the audience today reach you how can they find you uh, i'm on all social media platforms uh, instagram at sc inspires um and facebook at sc urquhart and our facebook group is stars easy to find and you can always reach me at my website at scinspires.com where we do coaching for individuals and groups we also do um corporate training, diversity and inclusion, workplace sensitivity, things like that. But you, uh, scinspires.com, www.scinspires.com. Well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today about best practices for avoiding depression or handling despair during the holidays. Um, Wish you and your daughter um, a wonderful holiday season and um, hope to connect with you more in the new year. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Have a great holiday. Okay, thank you. And now we're going to switch over to Dr. Cho. We are. We're going to bring on a guest who's going to continue our discussion about how to make the holidays the joyous season that we all imagine them to be. Davia Williams-Stevenson is a licensed professional clinical counselor, and she's a life coach and a speaker, and more recently she's a podcaster, and we'll talk to her about that. But she helps us in our roles as individuals and couples and families grow toward our mental and emotional and relational health. But she has a very special role here at the window. So first, Davia, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I was thrilled when you when you called me. Hi, Davia. It's the sister hi, Iris. Hi. I got to put a shout out for all the coalition sisters. <laughs> We're all here today. 
Welcome, welcome. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so the first time you joined us on the window, it was back mm-hmm. in March of 2021, and it was our mm-hmm. second show. And that's why you're so very special to us, because next week we'll have our 40th broadcast. And so exactly. you believed in us enough to join us when we couldn't even explain to you what the show was. So thank you for that. <laughs> you talked to My us privilege. back then about home sweet COVID home. It was the beginning of 2021 and we had all said, well, gee, when 2020 is over, we'll start this whole new post-COVID life. And that didn't pass. That didn't quite happen. So, Davey, reflect with us over the past year, of course, ending now in this holiday season. But talk to us about the past year and the impact that that's had on all of our physical and emotional health. Ah, yes, and thank you for, uh, I, I guess I didn't ruin things, so you, you had me back, <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> and these are such relevant topics. Um, when I talk to clients and, and just people in my life, the sense of weariness, you know, when 2020 was when the when the pandemic hit and the shutdown and all of that was new to us, and, and the numbers every day, we were getting a report on the numbers and they were growing and people passing and then you hope for is that hope you have going into the new year when the when the calendar turns and um and 2021 just seems like an extension of 2020 i find that a lot of times we make reference to the last year or year and a half we can't quite tell which one is which Mm -hmm. it's almost like one two year long cycle and now we're hearing about delta variant and omicron and there is this um the word I'm looking for, a reticence. Like you want to hope that there'll be something new in the new year, but you're afraid to hope because it's starting to look like some of the same news from the previous two. And uh, and so what I encounter when I speak to folks is um, this tension, and this tension uh, between weariness and hopefulness. Um, There's a bit more um, contact with people. Uh, Folks seem to be getting out a little more. Um, you know, there's a, a decent number of folks who've chosen um, vaccination as their strategy to get through COVID. Um, many who have not. Um, so there's an interesting tension, um, not only in anticipation of the new year or how to make sense of this year, but it plays out in all levels, I think, of our uh, life, our relationships, how we're even looking at the holiday and how we're looking at the new year, our relationships with Families who are split, um, say politically or or theoretically on vaccination, even and how that affects how we get along, how we get around and get along with one another. Well, let's talk about those family issues as it relates mm-hmm. to the holiday. So, mm-hmm. pre-COVID, there mm-hmm. was, as you said, oftentimes political tension when families gathered around the holiday table. And that's been um, exaggerated even more in COVID over issues like who's around the table, who's vaccinated, and who's mm-hmm. not vaccinated. What are your thoughts about that, Davia? How do we maneuver that? Um, there is a myriad of approaches. I, I have to tell you, I typically, um, I am the hit it head on person. I don't like that. I think avoidance puts us in. Um, just prolonged solution, but I will tell you, as the household who typically hosts the large family groups, I did not 
this Thanksgiving. I had hoped to do that this Thanksgiving, but I didn't because I didn't want to enter into that conversation. I didn't want to be the one to exclude family members um, based on their their own developed beliefs. Um, but I think about other family members who are um, uh, vulnerable, maybe immune compromised or up in age who aren't comfortable being around people who are not. It was just, I, I thought at this time it would be more divisive to say these people can come and these people can't come. Um, we love you the same, but you can't all come. It's the, the, the groups in my family are large, and I just, um, as I started to fill that out through the fall, I decided I was not going to enter into that. And we had our own individual groups. Many families, however, um, have waded into those waters, some with success. Um, I, I have a, a client family who um, they were able to figure out a way to handle their differing opinions and differing strategies and approaching COVID. And they chose to go to a restaurant and let the city ordinances govern how they... Good idea. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't mad at that. I thought that was a very, very creative strategy. And of course, around the table, your masks are off while you're eating, um, but you're able to choose where you sit. You know, there's not as much movement around as you would in a house when you're sitting at a restaurant table. And so the, the uh, organizer was able to kind of place the more vulnerable people in a different space on this long table in their room than, um, than it would have been in a house. I thought that was a brilliant solution. And they did have some conversations around it, but this family chose a way to be together. And um, I, I commend that. But these are, these are divisions that many are facing and um, uh, feel a good deal of frustration. And there is no easy answer. Uh, I wish I could give some top 10 tips hmm. to talk to your family about uh, your COVID strategy. Um, we are still figuring that out, even those of us who are uh, trying to help others navigate it. We have just a few more minutes before break, and we want to, after that, continue our discussion about family during the holidays. But we will talk, Dr. I, about COVID more after the first of the year to get the latest scientific sure. information. But just one tip that I personally will share for people as it relates to, do you go to the family dinner or not? If you have some concerns about taking the vaccine, could you at least please not lie about it? Could you, could you be honest about it, about whether you're vaxxed or not, about whether you're comfortable with masks or not? And that way everyone can make an informed opinion as opposed to being surprised when they get there and find out what everyone's status is. But that's just me, Dr. I, and you know I do that from time to time. No, I totally understand it. Um, uh, uh, Javia, I've run into that conflict, and um, it's almost like a Democrat versus Republican. It is. Take, yeah. your, take a side yeah. on it and take I'm not, and it crosses racial lines too and family and generational lines so it's a tough mm -hmm. one I agree we'll talk more about holiday stress and how to try to turn that around when we come mm -hmm. back on the window
We're back on the window talking about the happiest time of the year, the holiday season, that unfortunately is a bit unhappy for some people. One of one of our listeners texted me during the break and said, you all are making me sad, and certainly that's not our intention. Our intention is to acknowledge that there are people who are sad around this time of year, allow them permission to acknowledge that. And let's talk in this last 15 minutes about what might be done to help those of us, and I won't say those of them, but those of us. uh, 11 years ago this week, I buried my sister. And so this is a time that in addition to whatever normal stressors a holiday might bring, it's a time when life just doesn't stand still, as you said, Dr. I. And there's so many things that people are dealing with that don't go away in November and December, losses, financial issues, health issues. And we were just talking before the break about family issues. So, Davia, given your clinical experience, I have a question for you. We talked about... Mm -hmm political debates that sometimes happen around the holiday table. And several years ago, actually after the 2016 election, I spoke to a group of college students right after the election, and she was so distraught about the election results and the fact that she was going to have to go to dinner at her husband's family home, and she knew that their political views differed from hers. And someone sitting there raised the question, why do you have to go to dinner? So is this a time when we have to be around people who don't necessarily make us feel jolly? We never have to. I think the power of choice um, is we have the power of choice in pretty much everything we do. We we don't recognize it. So no, she doesn't have to go to dinner. She feels an obligation to go to dinner. There may be some good reasons to go to dinner in support of her husband's family and, and all of that. But we have to begin to understand that to maintain our peace, um, like we own the gates of our peace. We own the gates of our peace of mind. And when our peace is disrupted, when we are uncomfortable, whether that be people that uh, we work with, our, our acquaintances or neighbors or family members, there are times when you have to draw boundaries, even if they're temporary boundaries. Some boundaries are concrete, some are like rubber, some are perforated, but it may be during this time that... Um, she might choose, she and her husband can talk about that, may choose not to attend certain events or that they have some discussions ahead of time about how we're going to be respectful in our various um, positions. Um, it, it's difficult to navigate, but I find that when you, one of my philosophies is that it's worth having a, a difficult conversation with someone that you love. And so you find those places of respect. Respect is better than agreement. Respect is even better than fondness. And if you can find a common ground where you can respect even the fact that you get to choose your perspective, you don't have to agree with your perspective, and the truth may be in the tension between those two perspectives. The best solutions, the best uh, way for it may be in that tension, not being afraid to enter into that tension with the boundaries of visual respect. So she has a, a, a number of options to choose from when you open up your perspective to realizing that just about every single thing you do really is choice because you can see people who choose not to. And so another example, if we choose not to maintain holiday traditions that might be troublesome for us, either because they bring up painful memories or perhaps it's Mm -hmm. something that we never like to do, like spend lots of money, do Mm -hmm. we have to keep doing the same things that we've always done? 
there are very few have tos. Very few have tos. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You typically have to do some sort of work to pay your bills. You don't have to be in relationship with anyone you don't choose to be in relationship with. You don't have to go places you don't want to go. No, and there's great opportunity in starting something new. Great energy that can come behind, let's do a new tradition. Sometimes these things that we we call um, or or hold to our old or family traditions um, don't have meaning. You can start new things with new meaning. I'll share a little personal story pretty quickly. Uh, my husband used to say to me every holiday season, because I'm one of those people that really enjoys everything about it. I enjoy decorating, hosting, all of that stuff. And my husband would tell me that, you know, Davia, we're not your fantasy family. <laughs> as much as you want the boys to be excited about picking out a tree and decorating the tree, they really aren't. <laughs> they aren't. They do it because you want them to, and you can, but we're not your fantasy family. And I used to lament all these traditions I thought we didn't have. And I had a conversation with my boys. They're adult. They're men now. They're adults with their own own wives, and one started a family. And a few years ago, I asked the question. I, or I made the comment. I'm so sorry that we weren't able to carry on many family traditions. And they looked at me like I'd lost my. What do you mean? We are steeped in tradition. I wanted a certain type of thing at my home on on Christmas morning, and half the time we went to visit family because we always lived away, and they did it differently. So in my mind. We didn't have the tradition. But my boys said, we have a tradition. We spend every Christmas with family, whether we're home or away. Sometimes we're stuck in a mindset, and we don't see that we are really getting the bigger picture. So I, I like to encourage people to, to take this, this framework. Telescope, microscope. When you find yourself caught up in the details, bogged down by the expectations, step back and use a telescope view. What are the... what? What really matters? Does it matter that I sing happy birthday over a treat, happy birthday to Jesus in the morning, or does it matter that my kids have a faith-based holiday? What's the telescope view? And then there are times when you, you pull that back into the microscope to get some things done to execute. But we get stuck in that space, and we need to step back and telescope. That's values, principles, those types of things. That's what's lasting, and that's what carries on, and that's what transmits without pressure and, and and undue expectation. I like that. And and so let's use that to talk about the concept of family in general. There's some people whose mm-hmm. holiday blues is triggered by the fact that either they don't have family or they're not around family. They are literally home alone on the holidays. Mm-hmm. Do we have mm-hmm. to limit the concept of family to blood relatives? Oh, not at all. I think that's one of the things that I find particularly beautiful about um, African-American culture. It was adaptive for us, right? When, when we were um, enslaved Africans generations ago, our families were ripped up and we formed new families. I can't tell you how many nieces and nephews I have that are not relatives, that are not <laughs> blood relatives, right? Or aunties or uncles that I have. We formed those family bonds with people based on on love and sometimes those are even healthier than those relationships that we have that are our blood relatives that we feel obligations to also i think a good thing to do unless like your previous guest said unless you need time alone is to get out of your house and serve i I, 
there are those who are blessed by your serving at a, a show or serving a meal. And if you've ever done that, you find that you come away with more than you're given oftentimes. Um, so there's a difference in being alone, I think, choosing alone, being with yourself, and being alone as in without anybody else. You can't see yourself as your own company. And so there are times when you don't listen to your, your instincts. Sometimes depression will tell you uh, it's distorted. Your view is distorted by depression. So you do the opposite. Depression wants you to, to take your energy and want you to stay home and want you to be under the covers and, and, and not leave your house and not talk to other people. And that doesn't feel good, so don't listen to it. Do the opposite. Leave your house. Go serve somebody else. Take a walk in nature. Your previous guest talked about some of those things. Unless it feels good to you and you're being with yourself and not just alone without anybody else. Does that make sense? Sounds kind of semantic, but it's all in perspective. It is. One of my favorite holiday memories is the way that my mother treated the holiday. My mother in general knew no strangers. And so our home on Christmas Day in particular was open to everyone. Everyone became family. And she didn't leave it to chance in terms of people who were alone. She didn't leave it to chance as to whether they called or whether they dropped by. She would reach out to them. She wouldn't confine our family gatherings to only blood relatives. She would reach out to people. And as they came in the door, my mom always had a bag. She called her Santa bag. And it just had stocking mm -hmm. stuffers. And she would say, nobody comes in this house on Christmas Day without a present. And literally, if you came into our family's home, you couldn't distinguish blood relatives from others. And that's still a family tradition. So when I think about those Christmases, now that my mom is deceased, that's one thing that makes me very sad. But I learned from some wise people around me who became my family, in addition to my own extended blood relatives, that if you focus on the reason for the season, especially for those of us who are mourning people who are deceased, if we are Christians, for example, that's the bedrock of our faith. That is the reason yeah. for Christmas, that Jesus was born. And you all know the story as to how ultimately Jesus died and was resurrected. And he did that so that those people who were grieving on Christmas Day have the gift of everlasting life. And so for me, that helps with some of the sadness about the people who aren't around the table, it's because they're exactly where Jesus and God, through Jesus, preordained them to be. You know, the phrase that we hear a lot now, she understood the assignment or completed the assignment. When, with, when we talk about those that have passed on and that are in glory, that are absent from the body but present with the Lord, the assignment's completed. They're done with their work here. And so, yes, we have the, that's what the hope of glory is, right? The opportunity to realize that this is, our time on earth is the shortest time of our lifespan. We're eternal. Yes. And we want to make all things here like heaven. And they're not. And so we get to learn what we learn, love who we can love, and that should include ourselves, right? That should include ourselves. Love the stranger. Um, and then as we work out our faith, work out our sanctification, all of that, the reward happens. Those that are not here, certainly those that were of faith, they are, they are receiving the best gift, the best reward. That's right. I agree. And the I promise agree. of the new year can start on any year. You've had quite a year, Dave. You talked to us about your podcast. I have. 
this has been 2021 has actually been a pretty it was, it's been a year of extremes i would say for me it started with some great losses of people that mm-hmm. i love and uh that was tough um but i leaned into those losses because my grief is just love without the, the person to land on it's just out there mm-hmm. without landing and and so that's how i chose to see it i just my goddaughter just isn't in this body for me to put my arms around her. And so my love had that. I had to learn how to adjust how that love can land. And so I put it on our children and, and other places. And then I, um, I took some time to give myself what I needed from that. And then I started some new things. And so one of the new things is a, a, a podcast that I am really enjoying and very grateful for the response. My numbers on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in particular are very, very good. It's called Tales from the Shaker. A Davia Williams Stevenson podcast, and I just speak to people thus far, the people I know, and have invited to talk about their stories. What event or circumstance has shaken them up in their lives? I consider everyone a mover and shaker in their own life, in their own story, in their own sphere of influence. And so I listen to people tell their stories and, and hope that those who tune in um, leave with uh, feel connected and leave with some inspiration to to shake something up in their lives. I, I'm I'm really loving that, and I also started a consulting business with a good friend of mine where we're, we're um, uh, leaning into difficult racial conversations and we'll lead mm-hmm. small groups of leaders through um, a series of conversations. Really very meaningful. Tell um, us how us. we can listen to your podcast, Davia. Yes. Um, it, the title is Tales from the Shaker, a Davia Williams Stevenson podcast. Um, you can search it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll pop up. You can also um, get links to it from my social media, Instagram, at Davia Williams Stevenson, Facebook, Davia. I think I'm Davia Williams Stevenson on Facebook as well. Um, I'm missing somebody. Oh, I have a YouTube, Davia Stevenson. Um, just just um, pop on any of those um, platforms, and, and you'll be able to wind your way to me. And that's Davia, D-A-V-I-A. William Stevenson, yes. S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N, who has been our yes. guest here for the second half of the window to help us all work through holiday blues and start the year on a great start. And again, any day can be the start of a new year. And we want to thank you, Davia, for coming on in the beginning of our quest here on the window. You were I'm one so of our first guests. And, and um, we've we're looking at one year that we've been doing this now and we've got some exciting plans um for 2022 that we're trying to nurture and we'll uh stay connected to you well i wish you absolutely the best you're you're doing wonderful things i'm not i'm i am absolutely confident that this will continue to expand your influence and your um your help for people who tune in so thank you for letting me be a part of it now one more question before we leave Is it Mm -hmm. wise to make New Year's resolutions? I don't think so. No, I love what your previous guest said. Start now. The calendar turn, you know, nothing really happens. That's kind of, that's arbitrary. Our bodies don't know that. Our goals don't know what time of year it is. But when we, I think the problem with resolutions, and I'll try to be brief, is that we try to declare an outcome before we even learn how to change our minds or our habits. And so most people don't keep a resolution beyond a month. (laughs) It rarely has the opportunity to become habit. Mm -hmm. And so 
this arbitrary on January 1 or January 3. It's usually the Monday after the holiday is when people say, that's when I'm starting. Um, you've got this whole outcome in mind, and you haven't done the work to change your, your mindset or your habits yet. So little bitty steps, one at a time. Set small intentions. You'll have better success that way. Well, we are out of time, but we certainly thank you. Um, I'll start my diet today rather than waiting for January the 1st. Dr. Joe, you have any final comments before we conclude? Happy holidays, everybody. Find something to be happy about this yeah, holiday season. And we will see you, Dr. I, and talk to everyone else next week on the window. Thank you. Have a good day.